Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here we go! Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific, streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Gang's all here. Hey, coming up today, pick back up. Or a hindsight series. Talking linebackers, man. Really, really, really weird position to deal with here because we could see some change or we could see no change at all. So I got a question for you. I got my hot take later. Make sure y'all stick around for that. And then in the roundup, there's an ultimatum, apparently, that has been placed on, on one specific player and it feels like Groundhog Day, but we'll touch on it briefly. In the first half of the show, uh, we'll discuss everything in the roundup. We got some rivalry news, division rivalry news. And also, Dak uh, has spoken out about the change, the coaching change with Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy calling plays, and uh, for the first time. So we'll we'll discuss all of of that. That'll be the first part of the show. The second half, we'll discuss this linebacker room. It's a really, really a jam-packed show because I wasn't here yesterday, you know, holiday. So we took that time off. How was y'all? Extendo Clip Weekend, Cowboys Nation, a.k.a. Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad! Hmm? Mine was good. I took a bit of a Cowboys Twitter sabbatical, kind of just fell back off of Cowboys Twitter. I got some packing done for the move. We're, we're moving along real well. Like, like I said, one day I will have a tell-all about the move to Dallas, and y'all will be like, Wow. This move is going so much more smoother. That one was an absolute nightmare disaster. But this one's going so much more smoother, so we're happy about that. Um, got a chance to go get some more things. Uh, got a chance to to kick back and just just get away from Cowboys Twitter. But then when I opened up Cowboys Twitter, boy, y'all was flaming fish. <laughs> the community was killing fish. I said, what I miss? So I'm um, doing my what happened, what happened, what happened? And apparently, you know, he, he did look, man, fish a clickbaiter. It is what it is. You know, it, it, I think he'll even admit that, that he's a clickbaiter. But but there are a few in the community that that know some other things that are a little shisty things. But I was taken back, man. I was like, wow. And it was kind of dope though to see the the community kind of come together. Uh some people was hating on the community, but you know how it go. Uh I personally believe we are one of the most um I don't want to use the term aggressive, but hardworking communities. We, we do a lot of research. We, we are plugged. We're more plugged in than a lot of people think uh, due to the respect we're finally getting uh, around, you know, the insiders and, and people around the team. But it is dope to see to see the community come together and the fans get behind it, man. Times is changing. This is not your granddaddy's media. OK, 
We here. Just saying. Shout out to y'all. But I also, you know, watched Elimination Chamber as well, you know, for those who like, you know, wrestling and whatnot. I thought that was a cool little pay-per-view. Getting ready for WrestleMania. I won't be attending this year like I did last year. Uh, but it was fun. It's some good storytelling with this Roman Reigns situation. You know, I, you know, my man Vach always talks about getting a Twitch and, and, and Patreon. I might have to do that for wrestling, man. I really do enjoy speaking about old school and new school wrestling. I got to do it, man. I got to do it, man. Uh, Alpha Mason said, I missed it. Just go on Twitter. Go on any one of the content creators' Twitter, dog. You will see. Uh, you'll see it. You ain't going to miss it. It was, it was interesting. Uh, Lamont dropped one already. Said fish was click simping. He got to do better. That's what he do, man. You know, he's a, he's a click. He's a click guy. He he comes up with these creative little titles and, you know, he gets the clicks and whatnot. Uh, <sighs> how about, I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, I'll leave it at that. I did get a chance to speak with, with D Ware cause of fish and whatnot, but, um, he uh he knows how to move, you know, and a lot of people know he knows how to move, and it ain't always welcome, but I'll leave it at that, man. I did not watch the XFL games, but I did check out some of the highlights. I saw Ben DiNucci, shout out to True Brand, who threw a Patrick Mahomes-type touchdown, then threw a Ben DiNucci-type pick six. Uh, <laughs> So I didn't watch that, but it was cool to see The Rock. Uh, I, I could have caught him down here, you know. He's literally right down the street in Arlington. I didn't get a chance to go down there when he was here at Texas Live, but hopefully before it's all said and done, I'll get at least to check out a game or, or hopefully go see uh, one of the players that are in the area that I'm cool with. Go check them out and play. But uh, pretty good weekend for me. Hope it was a good weekend for y'all. Got a, kind of a jam-packed show that I'm going to try to get done here in, in, a, in a good amount of time. If you want to call in, give your thoughts, you can. 351-999-3787 is the call-in line. Make sure... Y'all come through. Mark Smith Elimination Chamber was absolutely on fire. The crowd was insanely hot for uh, Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Unbelievable crowd, man. Unbelievable. But I'll talk about that maybe at the end of the show. Let's get into it. It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It is time for... It's time... For the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Speaking of wrestling. One of the things that came out over the weekend was Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is joining the Washington football people to be their offensive coordinator. Now, I am happy for Eric Bieniemy to get a shot to do his own thing. Is it the most ideal situation? Probably not. <laughs> You're going from Patrick Mahomes to this dumpster fire of an organization that doesn't even have a quarterback. Is it, I don't want to use, even use the word fair because we've seen guys like Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson who never call plays under Andy Reid go on to be head coaches. And, you know, there's a lot of underlining issues in the NFL with this Eric Bieniemy situation. But sometimes, fairly or unfairly, you just got to make the best of, of the situation you're given. You got to show them, right? And some may say you shouldn't have to. 
That may be true. Maybe he shouldn't have to. But I I hate this because he's with the Washington football people. But I am rooting for Eric Bieniemy to make make a name for himself in Washington to the point where he can get a shot to be a head coach if that's what he if if that's what he wants to be. View this as a stepping stone. I always say that to Michelle. You know, I'm I'm not anywhere forever. This everything is a stepping stone to me to get better. Did the enemy have should he have had to do this? Should he have had to downgrade? Probably not. He probably shouldn't have had to do that. But that's the situation he is in right now, and I hope he takes advantage of it. Just not against Dallas. To the point where he finally gets that respect. Now, there's a lot of things, man, that come up the enemy not being a coach. Some say his past. Some say he doesn't interview well. You know, some don't believe he, he's head coach material. Then you got Shady coming out, basically downing Eric Bieniemy, which I know some things about their situation that the fact that he came out and was talking like that is wild. You know, it's more so he just mad how Bieniemy and Andy Reid, not just Bieniemy, was like, dog, you ain't, this ain't 2011. You're not finna come in here and just run shop. No, sit down, sir. And he's bitter. But I, I hope he does well. Except against Dallas. And he gets a shot to be a head coach at some point. Now, this is the ultimatum situation that, again, I feel like we're beating a dead horse. But every week, this seems there's some more smoke brewing around this Ezekiel Elliott situation, man. And per sources, Dallas has asked. Ezekiel Elliott for a massive pay cut, not just a little pay cut, but a massive pay cut. Um, in fact, I'll play the audio from NFL insider Matt Lombardo, who spoke on not just Zeke, but TP as well. The Dallas Cowboys could be on the verge of giving Ezekiel Elliott an ultimatum as the franchise and running back appear locked in a stare down as the offseason begins. According to multiple sources familiar with the running back market, I'm told the Cowboys are poised to ask Elliott to take, quote, a massive, unquote, pay cut in order to stay with the team. Elliott, who rushed for just 876 yards while averaging a career low 3.8 yards per carry and scoring 12 touchdowns this season, is set to count $16.7 million against the cap as the Cowboys enter this offseason roughly $7.6 million over the salary cap. It has seemed pretty clear all along from multiple sources that the Cowboys plan to use the franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard while asking Elliott to take a pay cut. But as free agency nears in March, that pay cut is expected to be significant, with one source telling me he isn't certain that Elliott will take the deal. This info seems to jive with ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting that Elliott's agents will gauge his value and make a decision on his future during the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. But regardless of how this situation plays out, it appears anything but certain that Elliott is a Dallas Cowboy week one of the 2023 season, and he certainly won't be at his current cap number. I don't think it, it, it takes any inside information to know that the, sh the, the chances of Zeke taking an extremely massive pay cut seem pretty slim. We talked about this weeks ago when, when we brought up the situation. Because you got to look at it from both sides. As fans, we're mostly looking at it from our side, right? But if you look at it from Zeke's side, I don't expect him to be like, yeah, I'm going to go from making 11, 12, 13 million dollars to two or three. I just don't see him doing that. And if I'm him, you know, again, you got to put yourself in issues. I don't want to do that either. 
as much as I may love Dallas, as much as my, my best friend may be here and all that stuff, I got to do what's best for me. And if he believes what's best for him is to go elsewhere because they're willing to pay him more and feature him more, that's probably what he's going to do. And if you listen to what Lombardo said, again, and this is the second time we've kind of been hearing this, I don't know who's saying it, but you know, he said now he has sources, that they expect to franchise tag Tony Pollard. I just don't see how you franchise tag Tony and bring back Zeke at anything remotely close to middle of the pack running back pay. I'm talking like six to eight million dollars, and I use that on purpose if you know what I'm talking about. I don't see how you do that. But if they are expected to franchise tag Tony Pollard, that means obviously they don't have many concerns about his injury. And if you missed the doc talk between uh, Dr. Boothby and I, again, I urge you guys to go check that out. It will ease your mind on said injury. And that doc talk was brought to you by OSMI, orthopedic, uh, the Orthopedic Sports and Medicine Institute. They provide arthroscopic, robotic-assisted orthopedic surgery, foot and ankle, sports medicine, physical therapy, and a ton more. Their team of orthopedic specialists has offices in Fort Worth, Decatur, Mansfield, and they provide state-of-the-art orthopedic care to the North Texas area. So if you got kids that are athletes, if you're an athlete, or if you're just a person that enjoys doing a lot of physical things but need to kind of get right, hit them up, man. When it comes to medical care, you and your loved ones deserve the best possible experience. So schedule your free, hassle-free appointment today at OSMI. FW.com. I just don't see how they both return. In fact, we brought this up last year <laughs> in like July or August. We said, get ready. This this room could look completely different, but one of these dudes ain't come back. And the franchise tag window open today. Don't expect anything to happen around the league. Don't expect anything to happen in Dallas. These things usually happen at the tail end of the uh the franchise date so just hold tight and then finally like i said Dak finally spoke out about the coaching change i believe at the super bowl he spoke with jory epstein the great jory epstein they love jory down there in dallas at the star he said quote right now mike told me there will be about a 20 to 30% change. I think, if anything, it's the things that need to be changed. Again, these are just random numbers, but that sounds about right. If you change out the 20 to 30% things that need to be changed, that, to me, feels about right. I don't think this offense needed a 100% overall. But there were little tiny little things within the offense Maybe some things that, that you know, for a guy that's a, a young whippersnapper like Kellen Moore, he hadn't really got up to date with kind of pre-snap motion, post-snap action type of things on a consistent basis. Maybe those are the 20 to 30% things. 20 to 30% more West Coast things might be enough. But this whole dynamic, and I'm going to use the word I to be respectful, was odd to say the very least. Listen to what Jerry Jones said about Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott moving forward, y'all. He said, quote, Frankly, I want Mike and Dak to be joined at the hip on the execution at quarterback. Probably should have been. 
Mike, of course, knows the personnel. He knows Dak. So picture if I had just interviewed him and he was coming in, how far ahead he is of making this thing really work. <laughs> Yo, what is, like Jerry Jones is crazy. Listen to this. Picture if I just interviewed him and he was coming in. Y'all, we're in year four. And you're just now allowing your offensive-minded head coach to have a direct line and say to his franchise quarterback. So picture if I had just interviewed him and he was coming in. Sooner or later, the sheeple will understand <laughs> this this dynamic, this structure is a, is, a, is a problem. Y'all understand we just basically wasted three years? Right? Like, that's, that's not normal. That's like Doug Peterson going to Jacksonville and be like, you know what? Handle everything with Press Taylor. Well, coach, you do a Super Bowl winning coach. No, 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 no. You deal with Press. I'm going to let Press run everything, and we'll see what happens. That's like, you know what? I don't need any more examples. It's just goofy. Then to add more fuel to the fire, this is what Dak Prescott had to say about his relationship with Kellen Moore. Uh, Dak on losing Kellen Moore, I should say. I don't think their relationship was ideal. I, I told you all about that a couple years ago, and, and here we are. Dak on losing Kellen. When you're losing a friend, quote, when you lose a friend, you're going to be upset, but that's the nature of this business. When I say I'm upset, he's gone. It's not that I'm upset about the future. It's that when you're a player, you have the relationship we've had. Mm -hmm. When he was a player, I watched his success. I watched him grow into the coordinator that he is. It's like, oh, it's like that guy, Kellen, like, come here, man. You're my little man. I'll give you a noogie. I watched you grow up, big dog, little dog. Took you under my wings. The quarterback took the coordinator under his wings. <laughs> when you lose a friend, now I get it, all these guys are friends, but no, like the, this relationship is different. It's that when you're a player, you have the relationship we've had when he was a player watching his success. The dynamic was just weird to me. I'm sorry. I just never really could jive with the whole dynamic. Now, you got a real coach coaching Dak Prescott, and I think you will get some quality confrontation. You'll get some, some quality coaching. That's the hope, right? And hopefully you see some growth within the team in general. That's not to say Kellen might not go have success elsewhere. I'm just 10 toes down, and I don't believe that was the right dynamic. I don't believe you hire an offensive-minded head coach and say you don't have anything to do with that quarterback-offensive coordinator relationship. I don't think you wait three years to then give your offensive-minded head coach to say, all right, I want y'all to be joint at the hip. The same guy who took a future Hall of Fame quarterback and helped mold him into a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Let's, let's detach the two. Makes no sense. That makes no sense. And tell me if I'm tripping Cowboys Nation. 351-999-3787. What y'all talking about in here?
James said Dak definitely groomed Kellen. Uh oh, he is, Professor O. I think he is. Toxic with his his famous line, you cannot overcome this, which is a combative to my famous line, is that the Cowboys gotta overcome it. Toxic, I can't fight you on it no more. I mean, in fact, I've never fought you on it. It's just the fact that that's just the reality we live in. Like, we have to overcome this dynamic, which is not normal in the NFL. And I think we've come, not here, because I'm off. I'm often spewing this to y'all in the offseason. The regular season, we just got to deal with what we got to deal with. But in the offseason, I'm constantly trying to remind Cowboys Nation, this isn't normal. And, and many of Cowboy Nation is, is numb to it. And we're so used to this structure. But it's not like that around. It's, in fact, the only other two teams that it was similar like that, the Oakland Raiders, see what's going on with them, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And it wasn't until the Bengals owner decided to step back that things started to change for the better. Here to rescue you. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't here to make things more difficult. Oh, Danny, I don't, I'm going to go that far, Danny. Said Dak was like Kellen's father uh, and don't be a... Oh. <laughs> Let me read it. Dak was like Kellen's father and don't be a menace when drinking juice in the hood. If y'all ain't seen that message, go check it out. If Mike gets fired, says Chris, it won't because he's bad, it'll be because he can't reach the unrealistic expectations of this team. Huh. I think I think Super Bowl expectations are fair, right? But it's like he's trying to fight it with one hand tied behind his back. That's, that's kind of how I look at Anybody that, that that comes to this organization, whether it be coaching or players, like you're you're not you're not given the same resources as other teams. You, you've got to overcome a lot more, in my opinion, than other teams. Ashtray. Do we have a problem? Hmm? All right, let's hit the phone lines. Five seven one. What it is. What'd it do? Oh, I'm doing good, guy. Brother Vach in the building. Oh, well, they're right. It reminds me of you. So I, when we was doing there, Rodgers, Rodgers was super raw. As a quarterback. Say, say this again, brother. I couldn't. You said when he was with Aaron Rodgers, he was raw? No, Aaron Rodgers was super raw. Yeah. Was, I was thinking of mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I yeah, said, yeah. When we hired McCarthy, I thought so many fans just downplayed the success he had with with Rodgers, as if Rodgers came in off the bat and was a Hall of Famer. That wasn't necessarily the case. You know, he sat the bench for three years and and worked with McCarthy to become, you know, the quarterback that eventually became. Now he he eventually outgrew McCarthy, right? But I think we need to give him credit for his his part in grooming Rodgers to be the professional quarterback that he is. Well, I don't know if necessarily if Rodgers even had the same success that he's had since McCarthy, actually. That's fair. P- personal success, sure. He won two MVPs, but, you know, when everybody talks about Aaron Rodgers is saving the savior of this franchise, I'm like, I mean, he won. He went to one Super Bowl, and it was with Mike McCarthy. He hasn't since, you know? 
Oh, correct. And this way I found an interesting looking at the linebacker core looking forward. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me where we draft another one. Either day two or possibly in round one if Drew Sanders is there to pay where options are on day one of the draft. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into again most most of the, the uh draft coverage here will be after the combine, but I definitely think they they 100% draft a linebacker. If not if not day 2, definitely day 3. I feel like you should you should always be drafting those dudes in day 3 in general. Right. Just me like I was looking at there like there's only a couple people you have like for a couple years and that's uh great you do have like Damone Clark and I think Cox for a couple more years where that's otherwise you don't exactly have quote like a proven commodity for what you have on the roster now. Hey, perfect segue. We're about to head right into the linebacker talk from twenty twenty two. Appreciate you, man. All right. No problem, Scott. That's a great segue. We talk about twenty to thirty percent change. On offense, I don't think we're going to see 20 to 30% change on the defense side of the ball. Uh, Dan Quinn, he switches some things up. He switched a lot of things up this year. But you you might – this was crazy. Let's take a look at this linebacker one real quick. There is a possibility you may not see much change at all here. You may not see much change at all, which is really interesting. Because I'm in the business of always trying to get better if it's possible, right? And we'll get to the to the elephant in the room at the end. But there's also that possibility, and shout out to my bro Vach in the building, and we talked about this a lot last year, of your guys just becoming better the next year. And when you look at a guy like a Devin Harper, to start at the top here, I, I like Devin Harper's traits. I, I think he had a solid preseason I thought he was starting to put some things together but I think we all understood Devin Harper was not really going to get on the field Anthony Barr was here Leighton Vanderesh was here Th- those were the, going to be the guys then Damone Clark came you know later but then Devin Harper got put on IR I wonder if that was a hey young fella y- your knee hurt right come come have us come have a seat I think it was one of those. I don't know that Harper's injury was one an injury that could kept him out all year for real. But I'm okay with that because because you know red shirt year fifth seven, sixth round pick. I, I didn't expect him to do too much. Learn how to become a pro, and let's see if Devin Harper next year can elevate at the very least into a rotational guy because he was going to be I think a a special team superstar. He has that type of athletic ability. But the special team superstar at that position was Luke Gifford. So Harper is going to be back because he's on a rookie contract. Luke Gifford signed another one-year deal, I believe, and he's up for uh, free agency. I wonder, let me ask y'all, because Luke, look, look, Luke Gifford is not a move-the-needle guy. right? He's not going to cost you much. He's not going to really play much at all on the field. Um, there was a point in time in Luke Gifford's career where I was like, man, let's, let's see him get on the field a little bit. Let's see what happens. I'm past that point. We got a lot of young guys. I'd rather see get on the field more than Luke. However, Luke has kind of been a very, very, very underrated special teams player the last two seasons. He's played over 360 snaps in both of those years. 
He's got a block punt. He's got a forced fumble. I believe he led your team in special teams tackles this year. Luke Gifford's interesting because I don't expect him to be on the field, but we can't neglect the special teams room. Right? Hell, special teams help win the Super Bowl. So I would I would definitely, and again, you can you need 90 bodies anyway for training camp. I would bring back Luke. One year vet minimum deal, whatever it be. And uh, you know, Bones is probably pushing for Luke. It's not gonna hurt you. And let's see what happens. I'd bring back Luke Gifford. Let him compete with these young bucks. Show him the way on special teams. And if he gets cut, at least he could pass on some of his knowledge. Nope. And probably should have started off with this, Bobby. I'm not including Michael Parsons at linebacker. Just just can't do it this year. Uh, he, he barely played 150 snaps at linebacker. I mean, man. can't do it. He played over 700 and something snaps at defense defense end. I I can't include him at linebacker. He, he's he's a he's edge rusher. He's an edge rusher for this team. And then let's get to the last reserve here, Jabril Cox. Before I get into the chat, Jabril Cox' case is just it's a, it's a huge question mark to me because he gives you the athletic ability that Dan Quinn covets, but then he tore his ACL. And you hear from some people, well, he doesn't look like the same guy post-ACL injury. We're kind of lowering the bar a little bit. Like, oh, he's moving around better at camp. Let, you know, see what happens. Then he gets into training or preseason. He does some good things. Now, Jabril Cox, much like Devin Harper, much like Luke Giver, didn't expect him to supersede Anthony Barr or Leighton Vanderesh. But I did think he jumped the other guy we'll get to a little bit later. I wonder how I really am very interested to know how they view him. Do they not trust that he can be where he needs to be? Because I think a lot of this had to do with trust is why we saw Anthony Barr and Leighton Vanderesh be the guys. These young linebackers are kind of still learning the way. And when I spoke with Jabril, he talked about how year one was very, you know, stenuous on his on the mental part. Very much like a Jalen Tobert. Maybe he's still not there mentally. It's a question I would love to ask Dan Quinn. Or who's the who's the defensive who's the linebackers coach now? They let go in, they let go of uh, George Edwards. I love to ask George Edwards really because when they talk to George Edwards at the deadline, not the deadline, but the the break, the bye week, it sounded like it was a mental thing for Jabril Cox. And if he can't pick it up mentally then he's going to always be a reserve player. But from a physical standpoint, he has the physical tools you want to see from a rangy linebacker. Um, but I don't know if he's ever going to get it down pat, much like the guy that we'll get to later on in the show. So Harper, Luke Gifford, Jabril Cox, two of the three will be back next year in Devin Harper and Luke and uh, Jabril Cox. Luke Gifford, TBD, TBD. We don't know about him. Darian Thompson's the assistant uh, defensive quality control coach that'll be working with the linebackers, but he's not the linebackers coach. There's a, there's another guy that had the actual title, and I forget his name. Forget his name. Our veterans on the inactive list. 
Fresero doesn't like the linebacker room. And, and, and that's what, and we'll get to the bottom three here in a second. I personally, listen, I wanted to go out and get Foyer Aluaquan last year. I wanted to get one of them ones, man. And I think he's one of them ones. We was trying to trade for uh, the cat that went from Chicago that went to Baltimore. Now, he just got the bag. And he's all pro or whatever it was this year. If you, and we'll get to it here in a second. I don't want to jump the gun. But if you don't bring back a certain player, what do you do? What do you do? Scott McCourt. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name because it's like, he hardly ever talks. You know, George Edwards is the guy. He's just a defensive senior assistant or something like that, but he's working with the linebackers. Roquan Smith is the guy that we were trying to get here. Would have loved to have Roquan Smith, man. Come on now. Would have loved him. So, that leads me to the three main guys from this past season. Starting with Anthony Barr. I feel like Anthony Barr was with who they settled for in free agency. And they settled really late, by the way. He wasn't even on my list of guys I wanted to bring in early in free agency. But by the time we got to July, late July, and we saw how this room was shaping out, it's like, hey, dog, we need to go get somebody. And, and I'd walk him in Anthony Barr. Lo and behold, they went out and got Anthony Barr. Clearly, Anthony Barr is not the Anthony Barr of yesteryear. And I don't expect Anthony Barr to be back. Now, that's in March, right? That's in April. It's in May. It's in June. What if he's still on, a, on the market come July? Would not shock me. But it would shock me if they decided to bring Anthony Barr back at the beginning of free agency. Maybe tomorrow we'll do our free agency primer linebacker so you guys can see some of the names. It would fit, certainly. But AB, the other AB, he had his moments where he flashed. You saw some of the veteran, you know, IQ, shooting the gaps, finishing strong. He was, he was more physical at the point of attack in the first half of the season than LVE, I thought. But he clearly wore down. He also got hurt. And, and then our depth started getting stretched thin at linebacker. And I personally think you started to see how invaluable he was when Damone came on. Now, that's not a shot at Andrew. It's just that I don't think there was a big gap between him and Damone Clark. And let's talk about Damone Clark. Because I think Damone Clark had a really solid rookie. In fact, I would say he exceeded expectations. Some people might not like that. Because, you know, he he was up and down after the, the strong start. But this is a guy who had a neck injury that we didn't know if he'd play football again. Hell, I expected Damone Clark to be a redshirt year. I, I was like, there's no way he's going to play this year. Not only did he play, he played a good bit. He started a good bit of number of games. And he had a lot of good moments in that game. He had, you know, or those games. Played almost 400 snaps if you include the postseason. He didn't play the postseason, but... He had about 400 snaps in the regular season, 47 tackles, 16 stops, a couple forced fumbles, and he had the lowest missed tackle percentage among the linebackers that qualified on the Cowboys. I thought you saw the speed. I thought you saw his physicality. I thought you saw the quickness where 
obviously he will need to get better is just seeing things. And you know, he got he got he got faked out a few times. And that's gonna happen with a guy like Damone Clark who's not playing preseason, you know, just guys in general, rookies in general, but didn't play preseason, didn't practice until about middle of the season, and didn't play till middle of the season. But it's something about this young man, a hardworking young man, smart young man. Uh, you don't wear 18 for for no reason at LSU. I feel like he has the, the middle linebacker qualities and traits to lead that team, to uh, lead that unit, I mean, to get guys in the right place. And with that comes this confidence where he can play faster, which he's already fast. We saw him run like 20-something miles per hour in the Bears game. So there's a possibility that they just say, hey, we're going to move forward with him as our centerpiece and then build around that. Damone Clark, y'all. And this kind of ties into the next guy, obviously. Would you move forward with him as your starting middle linebacker in the 2023 season, Cowboys Nation? Would you? Uh, Dro the the Gooner dropped one. Super chat. Said drive DeMarvion Overshawn. Overshawn, 6'4", 223, needs to gain some weight and improve his tackling technique, but the traits are there. 223 is, and that used to be about the size. I thought that that two sub 230 range, that Dan, I used to call it the Dan Quinn criteria, essentially. And he shocked me this year. Bringing back LVE, signing Anthony Barr. Drafting guys that were 240. I'm like, okay, maybe he's he's looking to go a different direction. Uh TC915, hell yeah. LVE may cost a lot. Yes, is Gerald. Now, yes, is Gregory. Well, James, you know. I would love to put my head up. Uh not yet. Iceberg, yes. What about split? No choice. No. Uneasy on Clark. I like Clark. I like Clark a lot. Um, I thought he, again, I thought he had a really good year for a rookie season. I thought what threw him off though, was when LVE went down and he had to kind of take over. And like, that's a lot. Think about this for a second. Mike is no longer a linebacker. Anthony Barr goes down. LVE goes down. Really essentially your fourth or fifth linebacker who wasn't even on a team the first half of the year is now tasked to run the unit. That's tough. And I thought you saw him kind of get a little bit overwhelmed um, having to be put in that fire. Now, he did some good things, right? The Tennessee game, I thought you saw a lot of good things at that position. But you also saw him struggle with that responsibility. I don't think he'll struggle with that responsibility forever. I just think he was thrown in the fire, and I think he'll learn from it, man. I mean, if you ever get a chance to go listen to this young man talk, go listen to the coaches talk about him, go listen to George Edwards talk about Damone Clark I think you come away feeling a lot better about the future of him from a mental standpoint I think he has it physically I just think from a mental standpoint you know he he just needs to play more and once you play more you see more experience comes and I think he'll I think he'll be fine middle linebacker for the Cowboys I do but they may not elect to go that way they may elect to bring back Leighton Vanderesh. 
LVE told y'all coming into the season, the question was, will LVE be more closer to his 2018 All-Pro season or 2021 where most people say, you know, he, he, plays, he plays solid in the second half. I think he landed kind of in the middle. I don't think he was particularly All-Pro, and I think he was a little bit better than, uh, he was okay. I thought he had a solid season, a solid trending up season. Because the first quarter of that season, I was not happy with LVE's play. But to my liking, I thought LVE finished the year showing his value and finished the year, I thought, looking totally different. If you watch games one through like five or six and then watch games... 12 through playoffs or whatever 11 through playoffs maybe i think you see a little bit more of a i right, <laughs> i'm just gonna stick my neck in here and, and see what happens and whoa, whoa what happened <laughs> he got hurt but i thought he started to play a little bit better man he played the most snaps i believe since his rookie season 745 snaps at 90 tackles 30 stops four tackles for loss now, the stat I don't like is that he was, I think he was league worse in average depth of tackle. So that's why I don't always say, oh, tackles, you know. Well, how many stops did you get? How many tackles for loss did you get? What was your average depth? There's a, there's a lot of, how many how many plays did you make? I thought LVE had a, a, a solid season. I do. I don't think it was this great season like a lot of people are trying to act like. And I don't think it was a poor season either. I was solid. I was I was good. Good good to solid. Whatever. But he missed the final three games of the regular season with a pinched nerve. And that, ladies and gentlemen, leads me to my hot take about LVE presented by Hattie Bees. No conversation about the best Nashville hot chicken is complete without a serious mention of Hattie Bees hot chicken. The fast, casual eatery has a new location in Dallas that serves up hot chicken with varying levels of heat from southern, mild, medium, hot to damn hot and shut the cluck up. Man, that chicken look good. Check out Hattie B's in Dallas today, downtown Deep Ellum. Use the link in the description. Create a free Hattie B's reward account and they will give you a $10 gift card, ladies and gentlemen. That looks so good. Hit him up, HattieBees.com. Here's my Hattie Bees hot take. While he had a resurgent season, talking about LVE, while he showed his value, I still do not think the Cowboys will commit long-term to LVE. I don't. We can look at the linebacker room and say, man, but it's lights, guy. You got to bring him back. Maybe they think they got to bring him back, but I don't think it's going to be on anything more than a one-year deal. And here's why. Injury history, not good. We know that. He's still a hurt guy. Neck injury in 2019. Broken collarbone in 2020. 2020. Had to get the, the neck surgery uh, after he had the whole situation. High ankle. Neck again in 2022. I just don't think they're going to want to commit to this guy long-term. It doesn't mean they want to commit to him short-term, but not long-term. And I mean long-term, three years. That's long to me for a guy like him. 
Another reason, I think they're going to have PTSD on playing a, a off-ball linebacker like LVE because of the Jalen Smith situation. They gave Jalen Smith all that money. He didn't pan out, cut him. Just now, I think, getting done paying Jalen Smith's dead money or something like that. Also, positional value. Unless you're one of them ones, Roquan Smith types, and even then, some people are not happy to pay him. You just don't pay linebackers like LVE top of the market money. And and he might be in position to go out on the market and say, okay, look, I, I know I can't get top of the market money, but I want to get mid-level market money. And I think that might be too much for Dallas. I think he'll go to Dallas and say, well, my value increased. Look what happened when I was out. It wasn't as pretty. Stephen Jones might say, man, you might be right, but I got a number. And I'm not comfortable paying you that. I don't see him coming back on the $3 million deal. And then finally, maybe they just decide to go younger. You know, when you look at this, this room, you're looking at a Devin Harper, Jabril Cox, Damone Clark. They draft a couple guys. Maybe they sign a young guy. Now, if he's not old, you know, he'll be 28 in, in his 28-year-old season. But... That's a lot of youth and athleticism. Maybe they just continue to just, you know, ride that youth movement. Don't Clark got extended snaps. So, you know, he could be the guy that pushes him off. Devin Harper has that physical ability. And at the linebacker position, you don't need to be a first round guy. So I just think there's more things that stack up to LVE either being on the outs or returning on a or not even returning getting offered a one-year extremely cheap deal. And for a guy that hasn't yet got paid, if I'm his agent, I'm trying to work magic about his resurgence, and I use quotes, resurgent season, and show that his value to that team and try to get him paid more. And I just don't see Stephen Jones saying, yeah, I'm going to pay you $8 million. I'm just throwing a number out there. I don't see it. I think it'd have to be five or below. And I feel like LVE is going to try to come for more than that. So I don't think the Cowboys are going to commit to Leighton Vanderesh Cowboys. DP said, I don't know if LVE fits the room anymore. I thought the same thing coming into the season. However, Dan Quinn absolutely loved the guy. And look, he showed his value. He showed his worth. So it's, it's a, it's a really odd situation. Because I, I think I would look to try to get better there. But if they strike out, maybe you fall back on LVE again. Hey, hey, Trey, I <laughs> listen, man, you ain't going to get no, you ain't going to get me to say that LVE had some spectacular season. But you will get a lot of people that say he did have a resurgence. I thought he had a better year than last year. And the resurgence, I guess, term would come from the way he played in 2019, 2020, 2021. I think we can agree he played better than those years. So that would be kind of the resurgence word. Mark said, two-year deal. I don't see LV as a player that wants to break the bank, so I believe he'll be cheap. That's an int- Why do you believe that? You know? Um, I mean, look. Players want to get paid, man. And he hasn't got paid yet. He hasn't, you know, he's on a, he did the rookie deal and then he did the one-year deal. 
He, I don't think he's put himself in that position just quite yet, right? I feel like if he gets an offer, I think he'll take it. I think he'll take it. James says, sounds like Jabril might be out. What are you hearing? Because Jabril Cox costs you nothing. He's a fourth-round pick on it, going into his third year of his four-year deal. Uh, if you get rid of Jabril Cox, Luke Gifford's a free agent, Anthony Barr's a free agent, your, your, your room now is Devin Harper, Demon Clark. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, at the very least, you bring him in for camp, let him compete. If he's absolutely terrible, you cut him. But if not, I mean, you keep him on a roster if it's not going to hurt your roster. Let's hit the horns. We got, I believe, Toxic Tom. What's good, man? Good morning, Sky. How are you? And uh, happy post-President's Day. Glad you got a day off. Yeah, got the extendo clip weekend for sure. So just listening, I'll keep it on the linebacker room right now. And we're talking about Thad from Blue Mountain State, which is LVE. And the one thing I, I'm noticing, and I've said this in the chat before, the consistency of we love to draft guys that are hurt. And that's why I said I'm really hesitant on Damone Clark. It seems like we love to take linebackers, which is arguably one of the biggest contact positions. We love guys with bum knees. We love guys with bad necks, and we get them at a discount. And then when it comes time to negotiate, we like to say, oh, well, look at all these injuries. And LVE, to me, is the poster child of that girl you don't want to marry, but it's better than being alone. So if we go into this offseason and we are rolling with LVE, who the reason why he looked as good last year in the grand scheme of things was the context of the situation. You entered the offseason in, and you were banking on per Stephen Jones, Damone Clark, who was recovering from neck surgery, and then you're also going to say, oh, we're going to bring in Anthony Barr, who nobody wanted. He's a hurt guy, that's too. that's your solution? Another hurt guy. Yeah. So LVE looked good because it was a terribly managed situation from the get-go. And I look at this, and it just carps back to our owner that says he's okay with being mid. And this linebacker room is mid 100%. Uh, and that's might, why I wanted a guy like Will I think you're being nice. I don't even know if it's I, – I, w- I, w- I think it's definitely an underwhelming room for sure. If you include I, Micah, I also think, oh, it goes up. If you don't, it's like, man, again, now we're back that square one. Last year I thought it was a, a, a position of need. I think it's a position of need again. Mm-hmm. I do. And you were closer to the situation than me. I do think there was some frustration on Micah's side because I don't think Micah went into this offseason, and I have never played in the NFL, but I can tell you that a defensive end's body is nothing like a linebacker's body. So when Micah is entering the season, he's prepared to do this dual role, and now he's playing, what, 900 snaps at defensive end because, you know, he's great there, but you're leaving your linebacker room completely exposed. I think we all kind of saw that Micah was a bit frustrated with that situation as well as the season progressed. Because I agree, Micah at linebacker is something lethal and puts this linebacker room in a totally different conversation. Yeah, which, he he but, was he was frustrated. I mean, you know, season's over, so we can talk about it. He he was legitimately frustrated. He even, you know, kind of brought up without trying to sound frustrated that, you know, he would have liked to play linebacker. You know? Mm-hmm. Um they they didn't put him there. 
I, I don't know. It, Dan Quinn has switched some things up over the last two seasons. You know, one year, a lot of man, mm-hmm. other year, some zone mixed in. One year, Micah's doing both. Another year, Micah's mostly DE. So maybe he goes back. Maybe that changes things. But, you know, he absolutely wanted to do more linebacker things because he thought it would help the team. That, that's why. Not, per, not personal reasons. He thought him playing backer would allow his skill set to flourish a little bit more, which would help the team. I agree, and that's why I hope we don't, pardon my French, but piss away in a, a generational talent like Micah Parsons, like we did with DeMarcus Ware, and don't bring in these very average kind of players who have a track record of history of just bad injuries. And I really hope that this new offseason that they really look at this linebacker room and don't be scared to spend money. Like, this isn't a 401K. This isn't a trust fund. Spend the damn money because you're going to help your entire unit so much more, and you're going to do the most important thing on defense is you need to free Micah. When you free Micah, the defense goes to a completely different level. And the last point I'll make on a side note is with Zeke, I do think Zeke should be, should be cut. Not It's all business. I do not like, though, how this Cowboys team is now putting these reports out there that he, oh, he needs to take these pay cuts. Stop making this dude look bad and stop having the fan base potentially turn on this guy, call him a greedy guy or anything like that. Just let the man move on with his career and get this over with. I'm tired of this team treating veterans like Des Bryant and others in the past that they are somehow the bad guys when it's the front office who put the contract in front of them, and they agreed to sign the deal. That's all I got. Oh, Hope everyone crazy. has a great week. That's the MO. That's the MO around here. 602, what it is, what it do. Scott, what up, mom? Yo, yo, what's up? What up, man? It's DP Johnson. Oh, what's good, DP? Good to hear from you, man. Oh, man, I'm chilling, bro. Just dropped my phone off at school and... Seeing y'all was talking linebacker, so I wanted to put my little two cents in. Yeah, that, that's your position right there, man. <laughs> What's up with you? Man, uh, look, a lot of love for LVE. I did have a, a bounce back here. Um, and I know a lot of people might be mad at me for saying this, but he, bounced, he did have a bounce back here, but I don't know that he had a, a year that I'm going to pay him for. Right, right. <laughs> that's how I feel. Um, like quite honestly, I am of the opinion that uh, that if anything, we let the market determine its value and sign them late. Uh, when I watch the preseason games and then going into the first half of the season, it seemed like we hit the brakes on the linebackers, bro. Once we put them vets in, and young boys was flying around in the preseason. We put in Bar and LVE, and they are both bigger than Dan Quinn's traditional uh, linebackers that he that he's traditionally played, but they're also both slower. Right. And I think that that hurt us a lot. I do also think, however, though, that um, that Dan Quinn is more than likely uh, going to have to, to make some adjustments to the defense based on free agents. I think that if Don, Donovan Wilson does not return, that uh, we're going to end up seeing uh, Curse playing his role, and now we're going to finally get, be able to see a little bit more Brillo. Uh, but I also think that that would also open it up to us playing more 3-4. I don't think that would be the case, man, because you're forgetting about Izzy. 
And you're forgetting about uh, the cat from Florida, Florida A&M. Uh, they, they love those dudes. Yeah, but thing is, uh, Bell is more of a strong safety. I think Izzy's going to end up spending more time at free safety this year because everybody was talking about Hooker not being able to get over the top. Well, well J-Ron and, 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 and Wilson are more strong safety. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, they got – they if they don't bring back uh, Wilson – they don't bring back Tano, they, they got, saying, they got guys in. going to end up playing his role. Right, and, and that's when Brill and I don't, I, and that's what I'm saying. I don't see that happen. I don't see them transitioning. Like if they transition Brillo, I don't see it happening to the point where he's just going to jump and and Izzy or jump a a uh, the cat from I keep forgetting his name from Florida A and M. Talking about Bell? Yes, Bell. Bell. I think Bell and Izzy have the the jump on the safety spot if they decide to transition Jabril Cox, because I don't believe Jabril Cox is a. If you if you were going to put Jabril Cox at safety, I wouldn't put him at strong. He's a cover guy. He's a he's he's a cover guy. I mean, I don't I would put him at safety. I would just let him be an outside linebacker that can run sideline to be sideline to sideline and then cover tight ends. (laughs) That's what I would do. I wouldn't move him to safety. I think honestly that Jabril would be like the ultimate sandbacker if we actually decided to put a base formation out there because of his versatility and being able to cover. Um, right. I do think that that uh, they've been hesitant, and honestly, I think it has a lot more to do with the D line than anything else. Uh, you know, adding Hankins midseason definitely stepped our, our run defense up. Um, I would love to bring him back, uh, but I, I do think that, that we do need to add at least one more big piece down there, whether it's That's from free true. agency or something. Multiple, right? I, I'm bringing in, man, you heard what you heard what Micah said. We, we, need, we, need to get, we need to get some guys up there, man. We just do. Yeah, bring in a got, whole bunch of them dudes and made a best man win. Like, honestly, all season I was hollering, I wanted to see Hankins and Watkins start together. I honestly think if you put Hankins at one and Watkins at three, that would have gave us our best shot at stopping the run. That gives us our two best run defenders sitting right next to each other. Well, again, the run defense, the run defense did get better when when Hankins was on board. Now, when Hankins went out, you saw it take a dip. So, so it worked. Bringing in Hankins worked. Whatever, whether it was Hankins and 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 Watkins or Hankins and whoever next to him, it, it worked. And then when you got into the playoffs, it worked. Like you, you were really good against the run in both games. You didn't. That wasn't the downfall of why you lost. So that worked. You know, I just want them to continue to try to get better there, uh, whether it be returning Hankins and and Watkins and adding dudes. Right. I don't want them to just bring back two vets that you know. Again, they they hit right. They hit, but I don't know if I'm comfortable just depending on them for 17 games. Like I'm I'm trying to bring in like. I'm trying to have at least four or five dudes competing for those spots uh, in, in, in camp, bro. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. I'm going to put it out to you too, uh, Scott, and call a couple other shows and told my wish list, I got Jermaine Edmonds at the top from Buffalo, bro. Oh, is he free? See, all right, I'm doing it tomorrow. Y'all got me. I want and looked, but I, I want and looked at inside, guys. That, that's Tremaine Edmonds inside back in 6'5", 250, ran a 4'4", coming out the combine. Oh, I he know, fits I know who Tremaine Edmonds is, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro I would love saying, to have Tremaine Edmonds. Our, I'm just saying, he fits the mold of our current room, bro. Other than LVE, who's a free agent, so he's not really in the room right now. Right. All of our linebackers are 4'5", or faster, bro. 
We don't need a, 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 we do need a vet to help lead that room, but we don't need no slow dude. We don't need no plotter. We need somebody who can fly, who likes to hit, who can, you know what I mean? You got to have the same type of animal to lead your pack, bro. Bro, you you preach it to the choir. I would love to have Tremaine Edwards, but again, I, I think it's I think it's really interesting that Dan Quinn kind of just shifted his linebacking. I don't know resume, not resume, but criteria. He he was a fan of the high flying sub two thirty guys for years, and then you go out and you bring back an LVE, you bring in Anthony Barr. Demont Clark's not little. A lot of people think he's this 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 two. You know, Demont Clark's like two forty. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe, maybe he's, yeah, he's not a little dude. Right. So, so he's I thought, lean, but no. he's not small at all. No, nah, he's not small. He's not small. And neither is Jabril. Jabril's like six three, two thirty eight or something like that. So, you know, yeah, he went from a lot of guys sub two thirty. I'm talking about between two twenty, two twenty eight, to everyone's over two thirty now. Uh, and so I wonder if he's kind of leaning back towards a traditional size, but nonetheless. Tremaine Edwards fits that anyway. He's a big dude and he's athletic. If you think back to the uh, to preseason camp when we were trying to uh, bring in the linebackers, you know what I mean? Uh, we did bring in a lot of guys who were heavier than than uh, Dan Quinn's traditional mode, but they all fit that athletic profile athletic. that he liked. Yep. And, oh yeah. Um, I don't think know, he's yeah. ever going to move off of that one. I, you know, I just think he had to kind of I don't want to use the word settle DP, but in a sense, kind of settle. I used it. I think for Jones, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had to settle for LVE. Jones move. He likes to have his guys. You know what I mean? That's part of the reason why I believe Gifford hit the field before Brillo this year because Stephen Jones wants his guys out there. The, the Anthony Barr. I wonder if um, I wonder if the George Edwards connection was was the was was why Anthony Barr got brought in because. He don't fit. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody foresaw athleticism was falling off that floor. I mean, it, his last year at Minnesota, he ran better than he ran last year. He he, he just it, didn't have athleticism. He wasn't the same though in Minnesota, even in Minnesota. And and you just you know hurt guy. You just had to know that he wasn't going to just magically be Pro Bowl Anthony Barr. And again, he don't fit the Dan Quinn mold. So I think George Edwards was the main reason why you saw Anthony Barr here, not Dan Quinn. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can rock with you on that one. I can definitely rock with you on that one. And so, I honestly think that the, uh, when we brought in Anthony Barr, that the vision was for him to be in the middle, not trying to chase nothing down. Could be. Uh, yeah, I would love to ask this question. You know, They will never admit it publicly, but I feel like did they feel like they were scrambling at the position all season. You know, That could have been the case. I think so. Uh, but at this point, like, the linebackers that we have, all of them have been here for at least a year, most of them, two or more. I think we keep the group together. Again, if we're going to add somebody, he needs to be that same type of athletic animal that the rest of them are. Um, and I honestly think that that could be the key to our defense really taking off. Because, uh, again, in the preseason, they were flying around. Regular season started, and all of a sudden, they were stationary. And the whole defense had to that. D line was playing some good ball too in that preseason. I think that's where it's gonna start up front, man. Good good talk, DP. Yeah. All right, Scott. You have a good one, brother. You too, man. You and your dog. <laughs> you like it off the phone, daddy. Um man, y'all might have tomorrow might have to be the primer for the linebackers, man. 
after having this conversation and we probably should do it that way anyway probably should do it that way yeah where is reek on today's show this is the show we got to get reek on here when we talking about one lve come on now but i took a look at tremaine I, you know i'm just gonna hold off on it i'm gonna just hold off on it oh Let's get the last call of the evening or the morning, the evening. I'm still in that mind frame. My brother Vach in the building. What's good, bro? See, man, first and foremost, bro, good morning. Oh, good. I hope you're well rested. You know what I mean? We was actually going to work yesterday, but we'll still send me a very, very sneaky text. Hey, Vach, know the bank's closed. You know what I mean? It was a federal holiday. You know, we'll need to be working tomorrow. I was like, all right, cool. We just ain't going to be working tomorrow. So I hope you got a good, hope you got a good rest in yesterday. You feel me? Indeed. But people just out though, bro. And I and I I ain't, I ain't saying nothing that's you know terribly uh you know not not talked about or nothing like that. But free agency gonna be so important, right? I'm just I'm just going in on my draft work, right? I'm just breaking down my draft work. And I think the common theme that we always see in a lot of these mock drafts is you know our favorite players around the you know uh, 26 mark or whatever. Some of our favorite players are not wide receivers slash offensive linemen. You understand? So free agency is so, so important. So, so important. You know what I mean? You always talk about taking this money, spending all of it, leaving no stone unturned, and just going to go get dudes. We was up here talking about linebackers, man. And if you draft via need, you're going to be stuck with an offensive lineman slash wide receiver. And ain't nothing wrong with being stuck with an offensive lineman slash wide receiver. But in this ideal world, you want to address offensive linemen. You want to address wide receiver. So if a Drew Sanders from Arkansas, linebacker slash edge guy from Arkansas, if that dude's staring you in your face, you don't want to go, boy, I love Drew Sanders. But shit, I got to get this guard. You know what I mean? You don't want to be in that situation, bro. Yeah. Um, I, was just, I was just watching some running backs, right? I don't think Bijan going to be there. But the kid from Alabama is going to be there. You got to have a real-life conversation if you want that kid from Alabama at 26, Gibbs or whatever, right? Because yeah. I think Gibbs is good enough to be a 26 guy, right? But you can't have that conversation about Gibbs if you're lacking at your offensive line or your wide receiver situation, right? So just the more I watch this, this you know, draft film, the more I just compile guys that will be there at our pick wheel still, I'm just up here going, man, I hope we take care of business. Man, I hope we find a wide receiver and not just – Whoever the Nolan Carroll of wide receivers are this year, I hope we, you know what I mean, or you know whoever the, you know what I mean, uh, what you know do. just Cam Cam Irving, you know what I'm saying, just just I hope we don't get those kind of guys and go, oh yeah, we got a guy. If we had to line up and play today, Cam Irving can't play for you. Nah, man, I want an MFA here, so I ain't got to worry about this. I want an MFA there, so I ain't got to worry about this. So when we go in the draft, we go, mm, boy, this safety that we like. Boy, this running back that we like. Boy, this linebacker, this edge guy that I like a lot. I want to be able to walk out of round one without feeling bad for myself, knowing that I got to turn up pressure in day two and day three. But see, the problem is they they are going to sell that to us. We we understand that's not the same. Our, our yeah, this is plugged in. We can go into the draft BPA. It's not the same as their thought process of yeah, this is plugged in. We can go into the draft as BPA. Their yeah, this is plugged in is James Washington. Dante Fowler. Nolan Carroll. Nolan Carroll. Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern. Like that. They're like, we good. We good. We, si- we signed Dante Poe. You know, we straight. 
yeah. yeah. We, we can go yeah. in and draft BPA. Nah, no, 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 no. We had a we had a, a show last week where if there were some cap casualties, there was two guys that I would love to go get because I think it allows you to go into the draft purely at BPA for those positions. And it was the cat uh, Shaq Mason from from uh, mm. from uh, Tampa. If he was to get cut, Tampa. I would sign him. He's my starting left guard for the next five years or whatever. And Byron Jones. Yep. If Byron Jones gets cut, mm. I bring in Byron Jones and I say I am not forced to go cornerback early. But if if a cornerback falls that I love, I can take him. And now I'm great for now and the future. But but it has to be moves yep. like that. It, it can't be. The, we keep using Nolan Carroll. Nolan, if you're listening, I know you're not. Look, it is what it is. But we can't, we can't keep doing the Nolan Carrolls. And then, Nolan Carroll. Yeah, <laughs> and the Daryl Worleys. Shout out to Daryl Worley, man. Good dude. But the Daryl Worleys of the world, and then you go sell it to us that, oh, yeah, we good. We can do BPA. Those moves don't change anything. They change nope. nothing. Nope. So I'm with you. Nope. And just one last thing before I leave, bro. If Carlos Watkins is one of the best players on your D-line, then your D-line ain't good enough, bro. Yep. Appreciate you, Will. Still talk Salute. to you later. See you later, man. Make sure y'all tune in to Vice Lombardi live. About 3.15. 3.15 Central. We'll probably be talking about this. We'll see. Nah, man. I've been... Man, look. He, that, that's, that's why he's starting to change, too, just a little bit here. Because I've been pushing this for years. Like, what are we... We, we got to start treating free agency much more seriously than we have. You just have to, man. Free agency and trading. Am I saying you got to go spend all the $200 million? Am I saying you got to trade all your first-round picks? But you, you can't just look at free agency as a... Let me just take this gum out of my mouth and, and plug up this hole in my boat that's sinking the ship. No. You, you know you can actually improve in free agency like you can do that so and that allows you to go into the draft truly at bpa position of need in my opinion oh benny i remember that uh i believe that was like an end season signing but yeah i hate to have to come at my guy daryl worley though he's a good dude but he didn't move the needle Need some needle movers, man. All right, man. That was it. We could, it's only right you end the calls with Vosh Lombardi. Come on, y'all. Let's hit these uh, super chats that I might have missed. I think I got them all, but let me just make sure. I, I did miss one. Uh, from Common Sense Lab. Super chat. He said LVE had bounce back season. Not. Ooh, I like that one. To be a DP would say that. LVE had a bounce back season, not bring back season. <clears throat> you know what? I, I can't say it any better. I can't say it any better, man. He he had a bounce back, I use a quote, season. No, if he had a bring back season. I think I'm gonna just start using that from now on. When people bring up LVE, yeah, yeah. You had a bounce back season, man. Have a bring back season. Um, the problem is, man, this room, this room, and, and you know what? Let's, man, let's try to, let's try to make the room better tomorrow. Come on back tomorrow. We're going to take a look at our second part of our free agency primer and, and see if we can, obviously we'll do the Catboy criteria, but remember, we're going to add a little caveat to this one. We're going to do Catboy criteria. 
And we're going to do some Wildcat and Jerry, guys. Now, the Wildcat and Jerry, guys, might not necessarily mean super, super high money, but we know Catboy don't like to go over a certain amount. Anyway, but we'll do both. We'll take a look at guys that I think Steven will look at and guys that I'm not saying Jerry will look at, but we wouldn't mind paying a little bit extra money to. We're going to call it Wildcat and Jerry. It's the perfect time to do it. Good stuff today, man. Y'all are fantastic on the calls. Y'all are fantastic uh, in the chat. I know we couldn't get to all the calls today. Make sure y'all call back in. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Uh, let me get back into this chat, though. Let's see what y'all saying. Diamond Wilson, a lot of y'all saying bring him back. Yeah, we were on the phone with uh, one of the callers that I think it might have been DP. If you don't bring back Donald, I, man, look, just last year it was, uh, I think it was Randy and J-Ron were kind of fighting for one and two of priority free agents. And to me, J-Ron was priority one. Donald was priority one. I'm bringing back Donovan Wilson. No ifs, ands, buts about it. If they elect not to, that means they probably like what they see in a, a get his name again, Florida A&M kid. But I want to bring back Dono. I do. Jack Campbell, MLB one. Would like Campbell. Would like somebody asked me about Sanders. Would like Sanders. I take listen, man. Linebacker to me. I don't think anything has changed. In fact, I don't know if it's worse. See, look, going into the, going into the draft last year, I assumed that Michael was still going to be playing linebacker a little bit more. Going into the draft this year, understanding that maybe Mike is not going to play linebacker as much anymore, it might even be worse, in worse shape than it was going into the draft last year. So to me, again, it is a high priority. Whether you, you, know, you like taking a backer in the first or second round, you get upset about positional value, I don't care. Just get me a dude. Free agency or draft, get me a dude because we can't keep patching these spots up with the LVEs of the world, in my opinion. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, make sure y'all check us out later. No, not Izzy, Marquise. See, Marquise Bell ain't really play that much, and that's why. I kinda... Make sure y'all check us out later on the volume. Be riding shotgun with my guy, Vosh Lombardi. Mo will be back on later for ADZ Sports Prime Time, and then tomorrow we'll get our free agency primer kicking again, and uh, it should be a good week. We'll do two hindsights, two free agency primers, heading into the weekend. Next week, you got Combine. I won't be here next week, but after that, We'll kick into gear, more draft talk, and then free agency starts about a week and a half after that. So things will start to pick up. This is a good time to start doing, you know, these reviews of the season uh, because things will start picking up draft-wise and picking up free agency-wise, and that's when we'll get like a little fiery month, and then it'll, you know, we know how it gets for a couple more months after that. But we'll make it work. We'll make it work, Cowboys Nation. With that said, I'm going to hit this button. Appreciate y'all for being here. If you missed the show live and you can't run it back with your eyes, you can run it back with your ears. They'll upload the audio on all the podcasting platforms. So make sure y'all check that out. Check out A2ZSportsDallas.com. New website coming. A lot of good, exciting things happening over there. Good stuff. Love y'all.
Squad!